Welcome to Jawbone with Dr. J and Dr. J. I'm John Monza, professor of strategy at the Joint Advanced Warfighting School, and I'm joined by Dr. John Michalschek, professor of theory and history at JAWS. Today, John, we're going to talk about professional military education, and in particular, an article that came out recently that's drawn uh, a lot of attention uh, from around the U.S. military circles. So, John, jump in. Yeah, so a couple days ago on the Harvard of the Internet sites, military.com, was an article written by, and I don't know who this is, but I will give you his bio, Gary Anderson, a self-proclaimed retired Marine Corps officer. Uh, John is a retired Marine Corps officer. Are you aware of who this individual is? I do not know. Okay. Um, but it says in his bio, served as special advisor to Deputy Secretary of Defense and a civilian advisor in Iraq and Afghanistan in lectures on alternative analysis at the George Washington University Elliott School of International Affairs. All right. So what bottom line up front or his thesis statement is that the withdrawal in Afghanistan failed because JPME, or Joint Professional Military Education, has failed to create strategic thinking generals. So, before I go further, John, what do you think of that assessment? So, I think it's uh, inaccurate, frankly. It's, it's too big of a blanket to throw over all the different professional military education institutions, in particular this institution, the Joint Advanced Warfighting School. Elite. You know, we have uh, 45 students here. Um, so one of the expressions I like to use is nobody can hide at JAWS. Uh, our students are, are very much involved in uh, thinking strategically, learning from history, and I don't want this to be just an advertisement from for for Jaws compared to the other war colleges, but it's a it's a deeper issue in the U.S. military and in the U.S. government, I think, than just professional military education. All right. So here's and I'll walk through um, some of his claims, and we can discuss them throughout because is. Uh, for those that don't know, it, it has become a seasonal event to bash PME. Um, and my, me personally, I have been teaching PME since 2009 at first the U.S. Army Command General Staff College, both the long and the short course. Uh, and then I came to Na NDU, National Defense University. I did teach briefly at the Joint combined warfighting school which is the 10-week jpme2 and then i've been at the elite jaws since so that's three schools i've taught at prior to that taught at civilian schools as well so i feel that i have some experience with this now i will say his first claim is rather odd um, so i did some digging and i went and tried to find where pme was mentioned in the uh when we had various DOD leaders brief Congress on the withdrawal. And guess how many times PME was, came up during that, you know, five-hour-long interview? I would estimate zero times. Zero times. So there, if we look at it as a historian would, I, there's not in the source material there. But that's fine. You can make a claim that, you know, it, it has failed. Where the article goes on, he talks briefly about how JPME became a thing in the 80s, led by Ike Skelton. 
Um, and then what he goes on is, and here's a quote, it forced all the military mid-level colleges to make room for courses of study to accommodate and the requirements of civilian academia to grant an advanced degree. And then what got lost in the mix was the serious study of the military profession that was formerly required. So I think there's some truth in there. Uh, yeah, I do, there, do, do. You know, it's a zero-sum game. You have students for X amount of time, and when you put uh, uh, the joint force into the mix, something's got to give. You know, I went to Marine Command and Staff College, and it was a course that that did have a lot of, of tactical exercises in it, but, but there was also uh, a lot of examination of of the joint force and joint war fighting which is not necessarily bad but i think the problem john is is more attuned uh, to what several several members uh on capitol hill have have asked which is that question where is the war in the war colleges yes because this is the last stop you know at a at a war college all across the the services and this this joint school where where do the students get all the sets and reps, as we call them, like you're working out? Where do they learn about uh, the employment of forces? Now, again, at JAWS, we, we do a lot of that. Uh, we really work them hard at this school. But, but I think at some of the other schools, it may be a legitimate concern that, that the students are, are being well-prepared to be a member of the National Security Council, but maybe not being well-prepared to be uh, – the J three or the J five on a on a a joint campaign. Yeah. So then going back to this article, and this is where there's, there's some weakness here. Uh, he's mainly talking about what we call in this world ILE intermediate leader education, uh, command general staff colleges, and so he does not, as far as I can tell, and I've read it a couple times, but you know I've been accused of not reading good. Uh, there's no specific college that he blames, but he goes um, that no, a serious – they used to teach military theory, history, staff planning, but not anymore, and that today most seminars are led by two instructors, one uniform, one academic, with no requirement that either be an expert in combined arms, combat, land, air, sea, etc. So th I've been in various PME institutions where they emphasize on paper – Team teaching. And they have this thing. We used to do them in JAWS during our electives. We had one civilian, one instructor, um, and there was this notion of team teaching, which here's in reality, very few actually do it. And thankfully, they don't do it because team teaching is kind of terrible. Um, but here at JAWS, and I think this is where this is, bleeds into this other thing that there's been congressional you know, questioning of where's the war and war college. And so when we go to this article, talks about, you know, we're talking about military theory, history, all that thing, and then we'll get further in the article. Well, at JAWS, theory and history, what do you think we all talk about? Theory and history. Uh, and that goes all the way from Thucydides all the way up to 2023 Ukraine. Um, and through that, we also have a block on dismilitary theorists, so the great dead Carl, Carl von Clausewitz, but we also have Mao, um, other, other scholars, and in, to include new war theory, which is a little bit more modern post-9-11 take. Um, so while I think some of this is, is valid, 
what we do, I don't, I don't think it is at Jaws. No, I think uh, at Jaws, again, we're both biased as hell, but I think we got it about right. You know, you start in uh, July, John, with theory and history, and it, it runs really almost up to the uh, to Thanksgiving and uh, at that point. And then I start with strategy in early August, and it runs up up until up until the the winter break uh, in in December. And I think you know the combination we integrate uh, our lessons. You know, theory and history are, are definitely integrated into uh, strategy. But then really where JAWS stands out and I think is different is the students with that base of theory, history, and strategy spend months during the winter uh, in, involved in, in designing military campaigns. And, and that's what separates JAWS from the other war colleges, those months of sets and reps, uh, learning by doing performance trial and error, putting together military uh, campaigns uh, and employing the, the joint force. So, so I think, again, JAWS has got it, it's got it uh, about right. You know, one thing I'd, I'd like to ask your opinion on, though, John, is, you know, recently the Space Force has designated Johns Hopkins as their oh. war college. Yes. And I don't think we ought to be afraid of that. You know, hmm. uh, there was a senior officer uh, associated with this school recently, and he thought this was a death knell uh, for places like JAWS or, or the the Joint uh, and Combined Warfare School. And I, I don't think we should be afraid of competition. If No. I, I think that kind of competition is good. So if that's what works for Space Force, then, then good on them and be innovative and, and look to civilian institutions uh, to meet their mission requirements. Yeah. So this has been a big topic of conversation for me throughout, I don't know, last 20 years. So, and, and you know, Gary Anderson, maybe he agrees with this, maybe not. But his article did kick off some debate on Twitter about, and the Space Force was, was mentioned, that we should shutter all PME and send them all to civilian schools. And that has been an issue um, that I find comical at best. And now the other thing I'm seeing is the Space Force idea is Johns Hopkins, great, awesome. Well, we haven't seen anything yet. Like, we have to see the result. So also the Space Force is small. It may work just fine for them. It, it's it's harder to do. And if we go to the command staff college level, I don't know how you could do that. Uh, it's just you have thousands of officers. Um, and also in this climate where there's this idea by some uh, in Congress that P, the military's become woke. I don't know how you can say we must send them to civilian schools and then say, but you're being woke. If you go to academia, I'm, I'm not sure how you, you – you, You'll probably be fearful of becoming even more woke if that is a thing. Um, but I go back, and this goes into this article, but what you see on social media, having taught at civilian schools, going to civilian schools, this is where I think JPME is important and where I think some people miss it is, and John, I will ask you this, is PME training or education? So I think it's it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, as as I said, I I like this trend uh, that we've adopted so well here of outcomes based military education. You, you ought to look at what you want the officers to know at the end of the school and make sure you're striving towards that objective. 
So, you know, some folks might call that too rudimentary or, or too training focused, but but I think it just makes sense, you know, and, and one of the benefits we have at JAWS is that we are producing a specific type of officer, an officer who is designed to go work in a joint environment, primarily in a J3 operations or J5 plans um, section in, in one of the regional combatant commands or other, or other joint uh, commands. So we, we have a, a, a very focused product. The other war colleges are producing much more generalist officers, officers who can kind of work or go or go anywhere. Um, but where, you know, I, I think I, I really want to disagree with uh, Gary Anderson here is this idea that, that through our PME process, um, that our officers were afraid to speak up. The general officers, uh, for some reason tied to PME, were afraid to express their opinions about how the exit from Afghanistan should have been conducted. And I think that does a massive disservice uh, to folks like, like General Scotty Miller, who was the commander of, of the Resolute Support Force, who I saw firsthand uh, at NATO headquarters absolutely telling the truth uh, to government officials, to ambassadors at NATO about what this was going to look like. So nobody should have been surprised, and, and I would never blame somebody like Miller for not speaking up. That guy, he said the truth all the time. Yeah, yeah, and where I think PME does a good job is, and I asked you that question, is it education or training? I don't know either, and I think that's good. Um, and that is why I think JPME, particularly at the war college level, but at some extent to the command and staff college level, works. It's a mix. You do have some high-speed elite civilians. And then when you put the right uniform officer in there, and it, it, it's a great mix. And what I, what I like to say at JAWS is when we do, say, theory and history class, it's not just history for history's sake. It is history for the practitioner, that they can use it to help make them a better strategic leader, not just a planner, but a future general officer. And that, to me, is the real problem with this idea of sending everyone to civilian schools. Having gone to a school for my PhD that had a lot of military officers, uh, Florida State University, this was my general reaction review of what it was. You had some in academia, and they're still there, most of them, that distrust outright, do not like uniforms. And so they, as PH students, were kind of either kind of left alone or they were kind of out like right, like to stay away from me. So you're going to have to combat that because there is, even now in 2023, you have folks that don't have any connection to the military and or view it through Vietnam films. And I think that is a problem. But where you miss the civilian side is the practicality. There's, it's good stuff to read. Um, but you got to have a more tie into what it's useful for. Um, now, the one thing I think Gary Anderson and I would all agree on, and this came up on many social media threads, was the key to good PME is... History, reading, thinking about history. It's foundational. Um, but what you then need to do for these mid-career senior service colleges 
is you need to arm them for not just their next job but down the line. And that is one thing Jaws does really well. And we've answered as chairs, congressional little taskers. Um, and we focus on everything we do is war fighting, war planning. Um, and so I just think this, the article, this, the, the thesis is just kind of odd, um, but makes some good points. But I do think at JAWS we do it well. Could we do it better? Sure. But I think other institutions have more ways to go. But I just wanted to push back on this whole idea of, like, sending everyone to civilian schools will be some magic elixir. Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes I think about not, not just Rome, John. But I think about you know, what does the taxpayer expect us to be producing here? And I, I think it's a well-rounded officer, an officer who knows theory and history and, and strategy, who's a, an expert in the operational art, uh, but someone who's also well-educated and articulate. So the fact that we award a master's degree here makes them better writers, makes them dive deeply into a subject, makes them better researchers. So we're, we're, we're building... Uh, a well-rounded lieutenant colonel or colonel who comes out of this school who I think, you know, the average taxpayer would, would be happy with the, the mix of, of education uh, and training that they get uh, here at the Joint Advanced Warfighting School. Preach. I, I dig it. Um, yeah, no, that's a good way, I think, to end it. Now, I will say this. Um, Gary Anderson, if you by chance stumble across this, Feel free to contact me. We can even have you on. Um, if I see you in a bar, White Claw is on me. John, <laughs> anything else? I think if you see him in a bar, he better be prepared for a fight. That's fine. I'm, I, can, I can do that. I look like Genghis Khan after all. All right, John, do our normal ending. All right. Be elite. Read your Clausewitz. <laughs>